Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Kila. Thank you so much for being here. Um, this was a really fun episode to record with Miriam Marciano. Uh, some of you may know her on Instagram. She has a clothing line called Sammy New York with her sister, Sarah. And yeah, as you'll hear on the episode, we actually connected in a really interesting, cool way. Uh, we both took a mastermind with Tiffy Gross. You guys might know her from her page on Instagram, which was Have a Tribe. And um, that's how we connected about a year and a half ago. And we would meet every single week for three months and talk about our business goals and our business struggles. And we supported each other and I loved it. And for those of you who know me, I don't, I'm not just passionate about intuitive eating and being a dietitian and private practice. I really like being an entrepreneur and I like speaking with other from women or women in general or entrepreneurs in general about their their businesses and their growth and their ideas. And I'm always so interested in like the behind the scenes of a business. I want to know exactly how it worked and how it started. And that's kind of like why I love to interview people because I like to know their whole story and how did it come to be. And we just never know how things are going to end up. So Miriam and I really became friends a while ago. And um, we did work a little bit together. She, she came to my house. We did a closet edit. I've always kind of felt like insecure about the way that I dress. Maybe I just feel insecure about everything, but that, that was definitely something that I didn't, I felt like I didn't know much about. And I felt like it was really empowering for her to come and tell me what like looked good on me and just like change little things here and there. And uh, what, what we also spoke about a lot is like the controversy behind um, a stylist or somebody who talks about different body shapes and matching clothing to that body shape and then yeah i totally hear the, the the dilemma with that how could that be aligned with health at every size um i think with everything in life there's a gray there's it's not black and white and there is definitely as we talk about in the episode like there definitely can be things that are taken as diet culture or there can be taken as body shaming and all those types of things miriam's is so not like that she is totally not into um, she, like she told me she loves working with women in like all sizes. It doesn't have to do with the size. I, it's just really, there is a body shape that God gave you and certain clothes objectively based on, uh, fashion science look better. But does that mean that if you feel really good in the color green, green's my favorite color. If you feel really good in the color green and that's not on your color palette, you shouldn't wear it. No, absolutely not. If you feel like you look great, go for it. But if you want to learn more about like like what um, styles match your body size, then that's great too. Like there's so many different ways to feel body confidence. And I think that this could be one of them. So we definitely touch upon that. We come to have some, you know, intellectual debates or talk about Jewish concepts, which was really fun. And uh, we really, um, I think an interesting thing that we touched upon is that like, you would think that like being a stylist would be like a very materialistic job, but just like being a dietitian, food is a materialistic thing. You could elevate it through so many other things. And there's so many physical things in this world that could be elevated to the spiritual. And I, I thought that that was like a really important theme of this episode. Um, I would really love to hear your feedback. I want to hear, even if you have questions or comments or concerns or something bothering you, feel free to reach out to me. Um, follow me on Instagram, akila.glassberg.intuitiverd. You can find this episode. It will be on IGTV as well as YouTube if you're more of the type that likes to watch things. Um, check out my website, www.akilaglassberg.com if you want to see more episodes like this, hear more episodes like this, read blog posts about intuitive eating and lots of other fun topics that I like to talk about. Um, if you're looking to make peace with food and through the principles of intuitive eating and self-care, go to that same website, www.kilaglassberg.com, and you could sign up for a free 20-minute consultation. 
And please, if you like what you hear today, please go to Apple Podcasts where you could rate and review podcasts. And the only way that you could really move up in the rankings and the podcast can be shared with people who are looking for intuitive eating type of things on podcasts is if you rate it and it moves up in the rankings. So I'd really appreciate if you could rate the podcast today, leave a review, and it really means so much to me. Okay, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glasper, and today I have Miriam Marciano. Hi, Miriam. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to finally have you on. This is like a, a few month attempt. Yes, it's yes. been a while in the works. Yeah, maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more. But tell, just tell the listeners, like, uh, where do you live? What do you do? And just a little bit about yourself. So I live in Far Rockaway, New York. I'm a personal stylist. There are many names for it. People sometimes call themselves image consultants when they do what mm-hmm. I do. I happen to like personal style um, because I don't think anyone else is using it right now. So. Yeah, I don't know anything about like the world of fashion or styling. So like, I have no idea. Like to me, you're like the only person in the whole world that does this. But I know you're not, but that's what I feel like. I, you know, I thought the same thing when I started and then I started Googling and I realized there's a whole world of this and um, it's, it, there are many people who do this, but not, you know, everyone does it differently and everyone right. has their own way. Um, so basically what I do is I help women find their style and um, build their confidence through their style and clothing so that when they wake up in the morning, Getting dressed should not be stressful. It should be easy. They should have looks that they know look amazing on them right away. And they should feel confident throughout the day wearing what they're wearing because they know that they look amazing. That's awesome. And I will say, I'll say right off the bat that we worked together. You came to my house. We did the closet edit and it was awesome. And I I really enjoyed. I also will say that there's definitely like, um, a controversy in the like say in the intuitive eating health at every size world that like a stylist or somebody who's trying to find the clothes that fit your body type the best or like there's a lot of words about like flattering or hiding the belly like people are like up in arms about it which I hear on the one hand I wasn't even gonna like I was gonna segue more into this later because I want to I really want to hear like how you came to be um, a stylist, but I just want to, I'm just bringing this up in the beginning because I feel like it's such an important topic and it's something that we've spoken about so many times. But first, yeah. okay, so did you know that you always wanted to be a stylist? Oh, totally not. I started out as a clothing designer. I had my own fashion brand. 
Um, and then during, like while working in fashion and like, speaking with women, many women, I would get questions like, do you think this will look good on me? Look, this is my body. Now, like now that you saw my body, like do you think this dress is for me? And so many questions like that kept on coming up. And because of that, I started doing a lot of research into body shapes and what types of clothing flatter different body shapes. That's really how it started. And I became like really um, enchanted by the whole like art science behind fashion and clothing. And like, you know, like the, the balance and the proportions that people work with, you know, just like interior design. Imagery looks beautiful. And um, when you put certain colors together, that looks beautiful. There really is a science to it. So it's the same thing when we put ourselves together. Um, like the whole, like the way that I work with personal style is God gave us inherent beauty and it's in our coloring and in our body. When we work with the coloring that we have and we match our clothing to our own coloring and um, the color of our clothes to our coloring and when we match the, you know, the, the shapes and the silhouettes to our bodies, it really brings out the best in us. So that's where like the whole flattering thing comes from. Right. But like as a kid, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, were you into fashion? Like, was that like a passion of yours or it just came to be because like, you know so much about it? Yeah. I mean, maybe it was, it was like a hidden passion. Like I never spoke about it. It wasn't a conversation. I never loved shopping. Like I'm not into the whole like shopping therapy thing. I don't like like retail therapy. I never went to the mall just to go shopping. No. Um, I, I don't even like shopping either, which is so funny because now I do it for a living, but I just always like had a good eye for what looks good. And I always like put myself together very well. I would always get like compliments like, oh, you just like know how to dress, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just comes really easily to me and naturally. And I do have, I definitely have an appreciation for it for sure. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm good at it. I know that it's a strength, but is it a passion? No, I think my passion really lies in helping women find their own like style with it and um, like curating a wardrobe for them that works for them and seeing their confidence rise because of it. Right. So we, the way that we met was that we were in a mastermind together, like trying to um, like um, move forward in our businesses. We met from Tiffany right. Coast and I, so I was doing my private practice and you were building your um, clothing line really. Right. And then that evolved into the styling and then what, what's interesting to me is that like I never you don't seem like a very materialistic person and that like was never that never came through in your styling so like and like even when you came to my house like that was like we worked through the clothes but like underneath all of that like I think that something that you like really crystallize is that like it's not that you're so into clothing and material materialism that's not right. like who you are as a person it's just that it happens to be like you have a knack for it you have like the eye for it but like your real passion is like you want to see a woman thriving you want to see a woman like connecting to their internal or external beauty and them like feeling good about themselves a hundred percent and it's so interesting that you said that like okay you mentioned Sippy and the mastermind it was Sippy who came up with the idea because as we were like talking and I was like you know we went way back um like into my life and it was like a whole like of like you know like really like what do I what am I good at? What is like what comes easily to me and what do I love? And it was a combination of like everything that like I'm like made of. And it's and then she's like, why don't you do that? Like, why don't you help women with their clothing and their style one-on-one? -on -one? And I didn't know personal styling at that point, but I was like, 
I don't know. Like, I know I own a clothing line and I know I design clothing, but that just sounds so shallow. Like, I right, just, right. I can't see myself like doing that and becoming known for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so much deeper than that. I like to think that I'm like, you know, a spiritual person and like way more so than a physical person. And right. um, I, I had a hard time like overcoming that first. And I had to really, I had to overcome that obstacle of like seeing myself as that person. But when I, think about the women that I've worked with that were so happy after and it's like a life-changing experience that's what gets me going and that's what like makes me want to continue and like get better at what I do and like become like super incredible at it but totally like I just to parallel that with like what I do as a dietitian like I know that for a long time like there was a there was a time period for me where I was like okay should I do like the cooking route should I do like the really tedious like food part and I was like I'm just like such a deep person. At least I see myself like that. And like, it just didn't, even though I would love to like cook for people. And I had, I have done that. Like before I started doing intuitive eating, I actually cooked for somebody like did their meal planning for them. Yeah. And it was like a lot of physical, you know, deciding and tallying up the calories, which I totally don't do now. But like, I was just like, like, even like, I see like people who make a career out of like food, which I love food and I'm such a foodie, but like, I love like the depth behind the food, like why we eat what we eat. And, you know, so like I relate to your business so much because like, if you, if, if you look at it from like on a surface level, it's like, oh, she does clothing. Right. And like, especially me, like I'm so not, I feel like I don't have like that knack for clothing. I grew up out of town. Like it wasn't like something at all emphasized in my house. And I just, I just don't possess that knack for that type of stuff. So like, it was just like, I happen to think it was a really nice experience. Like when you came to my house, I'm like, um, I'm not making a pitch for you, but I kind of am, but I'm just saying like, you have that knack for like, you're not like, I think when, I think we we were talking a little bit about this before with like, like, let's say like hiding the belly or flattering, like people might see like, see that as like oh she only works with like skinny women or she only works and that's like not true at all like you said so many times like you like working with uh plus size women like you like they're beautiful everybody can be beautiful and like finding the clothes that that fit that that you know shape you that work with your body like that helps you feel beautiful size plays like zero part in what I do the only thing like the only area that size comes in I need to know measurements in order so that like so that the clothing fits them beautifully because fit is a huge part of it right Uh, when so like when a garment fits well you could look like a million bucks if it's too baggy or if it's too tight it detracts from it totally so size does not like beauty does not equate like with size it's not at all but yeah when you talk about like hiding the belly I mean I just like my personal experience is I don't like when my belly hangs out I have four c-sections thank god um and it's something I'll probably always like have and I'm totally fine with it um but I definitely feel better myself when I'm tucked in so I know that not everyone feels that way I know like the whole like there's a culture now that's like your scars are beautiful and your rolls are beautiful and your flab is amazing and let it all show. And everyone has, like, this is also like, it has nothing to do with size. Every woman that I know has. And some people feel better when they like, when they do cover it up or when they like highlight, you know, their face and highlight Mm -hmm. aspects that they love of their body and then hide others. And that's fine and healthy as long as you're good with that. If you want to go the other way, and um you know like 
embrace everything and let everything show and shine, that's also beautiful. I really feel like everyone should go the way that they, like the whole point of this is to feel confident. So whichever way makes you feel more confident is the way to go. I understand because I myself know um, I feel better when like things that I don't feel so good about are hidden and I'm totally okay with that. And I still feel good about myself, like knowing that. But if one doesn't, then like they shouldn't, you know, absolutely. Right. I think that I guess there's like a fine line also with Instagram, like people see things and they like to attack other things and they say things are things happen to be black and white on Instagram because you don't know the person, you don't know the context, you don't know the nuance. But and I I think like people always tell me this that I try I really try to be in the middle between I, I fully embrace intuitive eating health at every size, all those things. I just don't I just happen to not be so aggressive about it. Like every let's say somebody's coming from like way into diet culture, they're not just going to switch into intuitive eating, even if they want to. But even, even more than that, it's not like intuitive eating is like, you have to do it this way. It must be this way. Like if there's something that you feel better about, like in a certain, in a certain garment or a certain type of style. But I think it is important that like you differentiate between like, okay, this is what makes me feel good. And that's what makes me feel good. I don't think you have to say like, I want to show every single part of my body. Like, I don't think that's true at all. I just think that you have to know, like, I guess your intention, like, I want to wear this because it makes me feel good because of this, not like only to hide, right? Like, I don't think you don't have to like accentuate everything. But like, I don't think I don't I don't think I do think that on some level, there's like a diet culture aspect to like always trying to like hide our flaws. Not that you have to like highlight your flaws, what's considered a flaw anyways, you know, like, a hundred percent, most women, most women that I work with, first of all, um, have body image issues. Um, And there's like, there's, you know, varying extents, there's a spectrum. Um, But also I'll never tell someone aside from balancing, I I'll balance because many women have a hard time understanding like what should be balanced and balance is definitely like part of like symmetry and proportion. So like, I'll help them with that, but I will never ever tell anyone like that should be hidden or that should be minimized. I always ask them like, you know, what are you self-conscious about? Like when they talk to me and they tell me what their like issues are, then I'll work with it. If their belly is an issue to them, then we'll make sure to hide it. But Mm -hmm. I will like never come into a situation and be like, okay, not that. And you know what I mean? No, no. But but that's what I do. Like I, I build confidence. If she feels bad about her belly or if she feels bad about her, whatever it is, then I'll work with that through clothing. Like it's right. not, it's not like it's not a rule book and it's not rain and stone. It's totally, it is, you know, like formatted for each individual. And it's the same with a makeup artist. If someone says like, I want my eyes to be bigger, right. it doesn't mean that she has flawed eyes, right. but she likes big eyes. So like they'll do their best to use white eyeliner and black. And I don't know what they do, but it's the same type of art. So are, are your clients, I know I was surprised when you came to my house and you were, I was like, she's for sure going to come into my closet and make me get rid of everything. I had that, uh, that concept in my head. Like, I don't know how to dress and like, things don't look good on me. I don't know, whatever my own insecurities. And you were like, oh, you did great. Like this looks good and try it this way. Like are women surprised that you like, you have such a positive energy. Like, are they, are they also thinking like, she's going to come in and tell me like, I look horrible, change this, hide this. Like, do you get that a lot that they're surprised? Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I do, it's true. Uh, like what's well, a typical reaction um it's usually like like first of all I won't take like everything away ever um like there are so many things that usually could be worked with sometimes it's a fit issue and sometimes like they'll need a replacement if like it really is old 
But oftentimes many things are good and could be kept or made better with another garment to, you know, put on or a belt or a jacket or, you know, something else. And like, voila, they have a whole new outfit that they never would have thought of on their own. Right. But um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, we, we always start with the wardrobe and oftentimes the pieces that they have are good and we get rid of some and keep them. Yeah. Right. Also, like you were saying before about like this, uh, if it's too baggy, it doesn't look good. If it's too tight, it doesn't want to look, look good. Like one of the things we did was like, I always say this to clients. Like, oh, I think I say it every single time. Go find a good seamstress because like we're so used to, I mean, we had an experience together where we went into a store and like nothing fit me, like nothing fit me. And it was so frustrating. Like, why does nothing in this entire store fit me? And I know like you're a big like proponent of like, let's go to the seamstress. Like we could take this out. We could change this. And like, we did that with a lot of clothing. Like we, we took a dress that did, I thought like fit me. And you're like, the sleeves are too big. Like, let's just make the sleeves a little shorter. Like it's too much dress. Like I never would have thought of that, but like people, I always tell clients, like when they walk into the store, they're like, nothing fits me. I'm wrong. I'm like, why can't it just be like that clothing needs to be like, I I told you this, that like in Christy Harrison's book, anti-diet, she said like, a hundred years ago, there was no such thing as mass produced clothes with sizes. And we walk into the store, everything was tailor-made. So there was no, that in and of itself adds to such poor body image. Cause when you walk into a store and nothing fits you, right. you just feel so terrible. It makes right. you feel terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I can't like defend um, brands or, and I can't defend the store, but they need like everyone needs to know that clothing is not made for them right. it's made for the one person the fit model that was fitted for the item right. and it's totally standardized so clothing is not supposed to fit off the rack you're supposed to get something that fits um like a part of you and right. then the rest of it fits to you and and then it will be perfect and beautiful you know so i think that's important i think that's really important when you shop like if you have that seamstress that like any like I always think now I think about this it used to be that I would shop and I would buy things that like kind of looked good and I would be like never wear it because it didn't I didn't like the way it looked but now it's like if you save that money and you buy the things that are more expensive and you take it to the seamstress like okay like it's way more expensive but like then you're actually going to wear it you know and you have it for a while yeah right right so it's like really important um so we I was gonna (laughs) I was also gonna ask you um so I forget what I was going to say about that one second. Anyways, okay. So wait, so tell us how you decided to like switch your focus from um, from the, like the clothing to like your clothing line to now like you work with people one-on-one. Like how did you make that shift in your business if you're comfortable to share? Yeah, no, sure. So I, um, well, I'll, I'll share. Okay, so the clothing... We'll go way back. It started, um, I wanted to make modest t-shirts like many, many years ago before there were so many modest brands out there. And um, when I like when I mentioned the idea to my father and my sister, my father was like, oh, my gosh, go for it. Do it. So I spent a long time like trying to figure out how to manufacture them. And by the time I finally, I was, I was living in Baltimore at the time. And I went, I saw a manufacturer downtown over there, but I, it, just, it wasn't the right time. And then I tried again, once I moved back to New York and um, then like, you know, the idea, my idea shifted into something else and it became like 
sweatshirt dresses and that was your idea was that your original like now that's a big thing but was it that was like the original was t-shirts but then it was also like winter season Mm -hmm. uh and so then it became like the sweatshirt dress with the diamond print became super super popular we ended up doing it over like many seasons um but retail is really hard and like people may have told me that but like i don't know i always think like yeah, I'll be fine. Like, it's fine. You, know? you have a lot of, com- you have a lot of confidence and also you have like an entrepreneurial like edge, right? Like you always want to be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. No, but I mean like, I mean like, right? You always want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I definitely like, I'm, I get bored. I get, like, I can't like be at a day job for too long. Like right. I need something new. Like what's next? Like how do we change this? I'm very creative. So yeah, definitely. An entrepreneurial spirit, for sure. Right. As as business, I'm still learning. <laughs> well, you're a, like you're a trained speech therapist, which is like, I guess, like. Okay. I, I, right. I, yeah, I am. I'm a speech therapist. And even that, like I, I was very bored. Right. Um, I learned Spanish and then I just did bilingual Spanish evaluation for preschool students because like I, I just, I, the therapy, I, I give a lot of credit to speech therapists that give therapy. It mm-hmm. was not. Um, and that was interesting because evaluations are like, you come in once, you see the child, like you're able to like diagnose and like see what's wrong and then create goals for them. And also like writing. So I like, I wrote the reports. That was not an issue. Um, and then I got bored of that. So I totally relate to what you're saying because I feel like that's just in and of itself an entrepreneurial spirit. Cause like every, no two days look alike. Right. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like yesterday I did this and today I did this, but like if you get bored, you just get bored. Like there's nothing to say about it. Like you just the boredom is it's awful. Like when you just sit there and look at the clock. Awful. I mean, yeah, there are many days now, and I'm like, what do I do? Like I sit down and I'm like, okay, let's write a list. You know, right, right, right. Yeah. Wait, go back. So wait, once again, when you said that the diamond print dress was super popular, how did that even become popular? Was it through Instagram? Like, how did you get your name yeah. out? So Instagram is like is. I mean, like it is a free, it's an opportunity that is free for businesses to market. And if you do it the right way, it like spreads like wildfire. So we did, um, we did influencers, we gained a lot of followers that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also the diamond print was, it happens to be a very flattering print because it goes in at the waist. So it creates this waist, even though the dress was like straight. So that's also like, kind of like people were like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's just so flattering. <laughs> So that's um, like, that was like part of like the snowball effect that brought me here. But um, I also, I hated the retail part. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Um, I was, I'm partners with Sarah, my sister, who's amazing and like the sweetest person ever. And she dealt with the customer service and the pick and pack and the shipping. Um, but even so, I hated having a stock room with merchandise sitting there until it's sold and selling it and selling it. Um, actually have new products coming out soon i mean like this week <laughs> oh i can't wait what is it i'm still going but i'm also morphing it into something else and um i don't know like when when like it will it will be what i want it to be but what i want it to become is you know now that i'm working with women who um sometimes like you know when i when i create what when i decide like what their wardrobe should be I'll have a shopping list of the things that they're missing in their closet. And then when mm-hmm. I go and find them, I can't find them in Madas. And that's an issue. Or like I could, but like they need work. And so what I want my brand to become is a clothing line that is like 
that are the products that are really like they're flattering and they're basic and uh, and modest, but it's not there yet. Like you mean like the basic pieces that everyone needs in their closet that yeah. are modest, right? So that's like your next. That's your next project. Yeah. Along with the with but the. I'm not yet. Um, I need a sippy to tell me like stop. You're right. one person. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can't do everything, and um, I I got down as you know when we like first. Uh, I'm just gonna put this out there now. Go for it. When we when we were when we planned to do the podcast, um, I don't know. It was about a month ago. It was before the end of the Before the end of yeah. I was just, I was really down and feeling very bad about myself because I was doing way too much and I was not able to juggle at all. And um, you are an amazing, amazing therapist. And we got Thank you. I'm not a real therapist, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a trained therapist. Everyone should know that. It wasn't intuitive eating, but it was like literally therapy. And um, you helped me realize that the success of all of the things that I was trying to do is not equal to my work. So, right, right. yeah. And, and so I, I really had to like mentally let go of some of the things that I was doing and focusing on things that like, like I, I see success for Hashem from already. And I, I just, I need to like focus on those things and make them better and then add with another project. Like I, I can't continue to do all these things at once. It's so interesting. I, I feel like this is so interesting for like listeners to hear. Like, I hope that they're still listening um, at, at 28 minutes in because like, I think people don't really what maybe we should have started with this but I don't think I no no I think it's imp- no I just think it's important for people to know like the behind the scenes of any business especially like let's say like young from women that they watch on Instagram right like I think somebody just recently was talking about somebody just recently on Instagram was talking about how somebody wanted her to post like can you please post this person to dab for and she's like I'm really she made this whole speech about how she can't like do that for every single person even though she's an influencer and even though so many people would see it like people aren't going to stop watching her business page if it's always about like to him you know and yeah. like I thought I told her I was like it's so important that you said that because like we don't understand the background of like what you're doing and like you and I like when we were we were in the mastermind together I think it was a year and a half ago, maybe it was, it was right. Was it right before COVID? I think it was right before COVID. And, um, and we both had so many times we were like, we're such losers. Nobody's going to, I mean, I don't know if you ever did that, but I was like, I was there. That's where I was like a year and a half ago. No one's going to want to listen to me. No one's going to want to buy my stuff. And like, you just feel so down and it's so similar to like how my clients feel, let's say about like their weight and their eating, because we tie so much to our worth, right? Like our success in business, our, our whatever our popular like let's say with Instagram like we always talk about this like on Instagram like if you're just using Instagram for your business you have to have you have to have like a really strong boundary with that because like if people aren't liking your posts you just feel like such it really makes you feel like such a loser and then like you just end up spiraling like what happened to you like a few weeks ago where you were like you're I always tell you this like I want you to do like this event and like you're so confident like you exude positivity and like we are worst enemies where we're like I mean, I've done this a million times. People ask me to speak. People ask me to do things. I'm like, I can't do it. I'll give it, I'll, here's my friend's number. Like, and then I go to sleep and I like, what was I like, this is literally my job description. Like, this is what I do on my website. But like, I somehow, you know, doubting myself. So like, I think it's important for people to hear that. Like, we all get down on ourselves. We all have those moments, but like, we also need people in our lives to be like, wait, what's, what's driving this? Like, what's making you doubt yourself so much that you're feeling paralyzed? Right. Oh my gosh, so many things, so many things that you brought up. Um, 
first of all, um, okay, um, I'll start with this. After our conversation about like, okay, my self-worth is really not tied to these things. And like your self-worth is not tied to your weight and your self-worth is not tied to um, whatever it is that you think it is that's getting you down. I think you have to like do some introspection and say like, what is my self-worth tied to? What should I feel like, what, what, like what makes me feel good about myself that, that is my self-worth or I don't know. I don't know how to word this. Like, what should I see my self-worth as? And right. if it's not my business, what is connected to what it? Is it? Right. What is the answer is? No, I think that that's such a good point for you to say, because like so many times we, we, not, I'm, I'm really not a therapist and I, I, I just happen to have developed some counseling skills through my um, business of being a dietitian and through my supervision and through all my research and stuff. And what it comes down to is like, we always have to ask ourselves, like, what, why do, why are we doing the things that we're doing? What's driving it? And like, yes, there is so much like, uh, like your inner child. And I believe in all that there, there's so much that happened in your childhood that like, like I've always told you, like, you're naturally a very confident person. It was odd for me to see like that. Whereas I'm naturally a very insecure person. That's just part of my struggle in life. And I just accept that. And that's who, that's part of what I work on daily. But I think that, um, I think that I can't, I can't, I think I have to think about what my self-worth is before I answer that here on this podcast. And I think everyone has to think about what their self-worth is, right? Like, okay. So, right. Like if it's not my weight, which has, which I've always been told it was my weight, or if it's not my business, which I've just, that has given me so much self-worth, right. Or it's not, Especially, I think for men, like they are, I think their their whole self esteem, I think, is tied to their business. I mean, I know it's because, especially if they're the primary breadwinner in the family, then that's you know, um, which right. is really a horrible, horrible thing because then when businesses fail, they fall apart. So right. it's so so important, I think, really, for people to do this work and like figure it out. Right. Actually, you just reminded me. This is so random, but I just recently found a new podcast called. I think it's called Olam Hamidos by Rav Don Kestenbaum, who I heard about from the Meaningful People podcast. And I'm going on another tangent, but my friend was asking me last night, how do you hear all these podcasts and books? I'm like, well, when you listen to one podcast, tell you about another. Okay. So, um, so he has, I think he has a book called, or some sort of podcast on the concept of running after the right kavod, right? So when we think of kavod, we think of like, which is um, honor, we think of like, um, like they say, like, you should never go after honor, right? Like, or like the more you don't go after honor, like it runs after you, something like that. There's some sort of grammar that says that. And I've always been, I guess there's nuance in everything, right? I've always been so curious about that because like as Jews or as just people who value life, like we believe that we have some sort of covered honor, right? Like a human being, Jewish or not Jewish, doesn't matter. Like a human being has, is deserving of covered and and respect, right? So um, his whole thing is that he does talk about how like things can give you cover that are important for you to have. Cause like, obviously you have to have, this is such an important thing. I really should write a blog about this, that you have to have self-worth, right? If you, yeah. there are those people who, I guess they misinterpret this whole concept of cover and um, being humble and, and um, humility. And they think like they're nothing, they're disgusting, right? But we know, let's say like Moshe Rabbeinu, like he, and uh, I don't know if I'm talking about this, but he, um, he like he was like very humble but he also knew his self-worth right so we have to like you just said about men and their jobs right like if no your whole self-worth shouldn't be your job and your business and it shouldn't be the way that you look and it shouldn't be your parenting but there are combinations of your self-worth that do have to do with that and it is important to draw from those things because 
you're such a multifaceted, we're also multifaceted that we have to remember that as human beings, like we have inherent self-worth and we do also have things that tie into our self-worth. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%, right. So if you don't know your self-worth and you think it has only to do with your business and then your business crashes, yeah, you're exactly. gonna have, no, but like sometimes that happens in life. Hashem wants you to dig deeper and be like, it had nothing to, it never had anything to do with your business, right? But if we don't, now is a time to like actively, and maybe that's even what happened to you like a month ago, right before like Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, like that yeah, introspection. I reevaluated re and, and you know what? Um, I got the Michael Hyatt planner. Mm-hmm focus planner and part of it is that after the week you talk about um i mean you write down like your five biggest um um like your five biggest like wins let's say from last week and i started writing them down none of them were business related none of them they were all like uh, having to do with like motherhood and like having to do with the way that i reacted to a situation um, because you know, like things happen to you and you can't control the things that happen to you, but the thing that you can control is how you react. So, right. um, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Like my business is like, my business is not even on there and it all has to do with like things that really are important to me. And maybe that, maybe I was only able to write those things. Maybe only like those things came naturally. Maybe after I like sat and thought about it. I don't know. It's really interesting. I think because I think what's interesting for me is at least what's coming up for me is like in that mastermind that we spoke about like a year and a half ago. And I think that this is like the coolest part about being an entrepreneur. And what I love about it is that like you cannot separate, you can't separate your business from your life. So like a lot of times in the mastermind, it would be like things come up about our kids, right? Like we're trying so hard to work on our business, but like our kids come home from school X time and like okay, so like part of my business strategy this week is that from three to five, I'm not working. I'm not looking at my phone because you just become so fragment, fragmented. Yeah. So it's true because like when you're thriving as a mother, I mean, I don't know if it's true for everyone. I have to really think about this, but like when you're thriving as a mother, can you be thriving in your business? It probably goes hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, um, again, I think there are so many things to what you said, like they're, like the work-life balance. Right. Is, is really hard and and time plays a big part of it like when you set aside like chunks of time for your kids and chunks of time for your for your work that makes a very big difference um but um but yeah you could definitely excel at both a hundred percent for me um it wasn't that i didn't have wins in the business that week because I, I did and i still like what was like coming to me like in the flow of writing it was like that like my daughter had a tantrum last week and I handled it so beautifully. Like I never in my life handled a tantrum that way. And it ended so quickly because of it. And can you teach us? What? Can you teach us? Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she's very strong minded. She's adorable and delicious and very strong minded. And, um, it was just like brewing inside of her. Like I saw, like if, if it wasn't one thing, it was the next until like finally the tantrum came out and she was go to school and I had to go meet a client after so like I needed her to be in school then right so um so we were walking and she was like not she wasn't walking like her feet were glued to the ground and uh, I knew she just needed time but like I didn't have that time right so I said to her I was like okay um I just I let it like I let it go and I feel like you know I I know you're really upset I know that this happened and I know that you're really upset and we, we, have, we, we just need to go to school now. And she said, I don't want my, my teacher to see my angry face. Mm. I know, it was so cute. So I was like, okay, you need some time for your angry face to go away. 
and I really want to give it to you, but I don't know what to do because I have to go to work in 10 minutes and, and you still need time to get over your tantrum. I don't know what to do. And like, after that, I don't know, it like melted away for her. Like, I think I saw, I think I showed her that like, I understand, like I'm meeting you where you are, mm-hmm. but I also have this issue and I wasn't upset at all. I didn't have any anger in my voice, you know, it was like so calm and she got over it and she wow. like, started walking and then gave me a hug and it was over. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. No, I really do. I think, I think every, it's good for everyone to hear this. So like, you know, like. I mean, there's a hundred things I could say about this. So like, that like our sense of calm carries over to our kids, which carries over to our business, which carries over to everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Also just like allowing space for painful feelings, right? Like that's, a, that's like a huge one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I guess I think I listened to a book a long time ago about like how work-life balance is not really like that. It's like, I guess it depends on your work, but like especially nowadays in 2021 where like your business on Instagram and your whole life is kind of on Instagram, not your life, but like you can't, it's not really work-life balance. It's like, how does your work, how does everything fit into your life? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. This is, I guess this is like a really interesting conversation in general, but like, let's say with like the Yom Tovim, right? Like I try not to work the whole Yontif, but there was a part of me that was like missing. I felt right. a sense of like loss for me because like I love, love what I I love what I do. Yeah. But at the same time, we just talked we talked about that. I'm like, I didn't feel like posting. Nothing was inspiring me. I had a really tough yance if it happens to be. And I don't want to show up first, I don't want to show my whole life on Instagram. I don't think that's appropriate. It's not my it's not it's not appropriate for me. Um and also like I try to bring a lot of positivity to my page, even if I'm not always feeling positive. Right. So I think that's really like fitting your life into your work, you know, like, especially with a business that you do show a lot of your life, like, but anyways, like also with like the kids, like my kids were off for so many weeks, like I wanted to work, but I couldn't work because like somebody needed to be the mother, you know? So like, that's just a challenge of what we do. I know it's, it's really hard when you love what you do so much and it really is a huge part of you and your it's part of your core. It really is. And right. so are your kids. So there's like, okay, like the hours that you set aside, but it's also like your need. You you do have a need to work. It's like one of your things that you need to do in your life. Right. Not everybody has that. So No, I mean, not everybody has that. It's interesting. That right. But for you, it's like really part of your mother. But you're all, you also. It is. I need to. I like, right. like, like we said before, like I get bored, like I need to have yeah. a project that I'm working on in order to right. be happy because I'm so creative. Um, I need that for myself. Otherwise, like I'm bored and, you know. I'm definitely a creative also, which I never thought of because I'm not like artistic at all. Even though I love art, I love to watch people draw and like I love doing art. I'm just like, I guess that's only one form of creativity, but I love to write and I love to come up with ideas and like those things. You are. But you were saying before about like how like my job's important, but my kids are important. Of course, like our deepest core, at least for me, is like my deepest core is my family but like I'll just say this like my own therapist has given me a lot of validation that like I'm just I'll probably never be one of those mothers that sit on the floor and want to play want to play Lego and that's just not me and she's like I don't really know that many people who want to play Lego but like she made me feel better because I feel like there's so much of that like push like you should really sit on the floor and like play Lego and like enjoy yourself 
Like, I just don't ever. That will never happen, you know? I never, I mean, like I told you this before, I never had mom guilt. Right. When I had, like, when I, I got 18 months, I would send my kids to daycare. And I knew, like, they were well taken care of. They were well fed. There are kids there. There are toys there. They're singing. They're zapping. I'm not doing any of that with my kids. I'm like, she'll eat. Right. (laughs) And there are toys on the floor. Right, right, right. (laughs) No, that's good. Yeah. But so like, I, I never, I never felt guilty, but I do feel guilty if like now when I'm home and my kids come home from school and those are the hours that they need my attention, I need to put my phone away. And if I'm on it and like, they're like, oh, you're on your phone. Right. Uh, that makes me feel guilty. Right. Right. It's a hundred percent quality over quantity. Yeah. And no, I was never that mother that sat on the floor. I mean, I did. I sat on the floor and played Lego, but I definitely did not love it. Right. Uh, those those moms are so lucky that love Lego. I know. Are. Those lucky moms. Where are you? Teach us. Right, 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 right. Well, so well, you're taking high sex course. I took Suma Spenner's course, and she said like ten minutes of quality time for a kid, and she said it doesn't have to be alone time. It just right. has to be like that you're focusing on that kid. And like I will just say for the moms who have kids like around my age, like my daughter's eight and my two sons six and three, like Shana and I, we started doing a puzzle together, which I happen to really enjoy. And like we do Sudoku together. I, and that was like fun for me to find. Like she said, it should be mutually enjoyable, meaning also the mom enjoys. Like if you're sitting there like grinning and bearing it, like right. that comes off to the kid. Like, right. I think that that's a part of my whole self-care like mantra is that like, that's such a great idea. Like to find something like if you like art, if you like, so- we did hook rug. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 Um, this was a really fun conversation. We should do like another episode on like parenting, parenting while you're entrepreneur, oh, like gosh. and Instagram. That's like a and whole Instagram. In That's another whole conversation that I like don't know how I feel about Instagram right now. Like I'm in that like like I don't even know what to say because it's like That's such like, a your relationship with it is constantly evolving, you know. It's so true. I was watching last night a live with Rachel Tuckman and Danielle Renov, and she was like, Danielle was like, I hate Instagram because it was like being slow. She's like, no, I love Instagram. And I'm like, it really is like that love, hate. Like, it's like you said before, it's like free platform, but like it literally could take, I'm like, I only use Instagram for my business. No, I don't. When you type something into the search page, things come up. I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. But like, it's such, it's so hard to have that boundary and I was also going to say I was going to say before that I always tell like clients or people who I'm talking to like if they're starting their own business something that I learned is that like every person this is so about like intuitive eating intuitive living every person has like a time in the day like a two or three hour time chunk where they feel most capable of using their mind right like for some moms they wake up at five in the morning and they sit from five to eight with their coffee they're quiet and they get like so much done that would never be me. Like I'm never up at five in the morning ever, Either. but my, it's so annoying, but my, when I have like this burst of mental energy is legit from three to six, my kids are, <laughs> that's my, and it's so hard for me because I'm like, I gotta get to my computer and like, I have all these ideas. I'm like, it's not the same at 10 o'clock at night. It's not the same at eight o'clock at night. It's not right. the same at 10 o'clock in the morning. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, like, and I know, I know people say like, okay, hey, in 10, 20 years, when my kids are out of the house, like, that'll be like my prime time, but right now, it's just, it's just not for whatever right. reason. Right, well, one thing I said, said, said last night is that this time goes so quickly and you feel right. like it's forever right now, but it's really not. Right. So it's like, it's hard to make the most of it while you're in it. 
it's true. It's a good reminder. Like our kids are not in our house forever. And like, this is a really an opportune time. And I want to remember that every single day. I really do. Yeah. It's hard, but it's amazing when like you live it. Yeah. True. Mindfulness. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Could you just tell the listeners where they can find you? Like I want to hear all the platforms where they could get your name and number and contact you and everything. So, um, so I'm on Instagram, Miriam Marciano dot stylist. That's M I R I A M M A R C I A N O dot stylist. And, um, I'm also at Sammy, Sammy clothing.com. I, I just started a blog and I have, I think like two blog posts up right now, but there's definitely more to come. Um, that's, I mean, it's like, it's also, like I said, like everything is transforming. So I don't know how long it will be under Sammy, New York clothing.com, but for now it's there. So that's S A M I N Y dot clothing. Wait, yeah, no, S A M I N Y clothing.com. Yeah. And that's, I'll put all that in the show notes. And if it changes, I'll change it. Yeah. And that's like all the Sammy clothing is up there. Um, we're going to have a mega, mega sale very soon and um, new like gorgeous hoodies and uh, skirts are coming up and then uh, my blog. And it's also, um, I, I'm not sure if my email's on there, but I mean, if you don't have Instagram and you don't go on the website, you can also reach me at mymarciano at Gmail if you have any questions. And unlike Mary, why Marciano, as you know. Okay, that's all. That's how people can reach you if they want to work like one on one with you. Yeah, absolutely. And you also like do events like where you, <laughs> your newest thing that we're working on is like doing um, events. Um, yeah, no, it's like I. It's, it's amazing. Um, I have an event coming up in November, the Women's Night Out, and uh, and then a couple of others. I. I, I need to um, like sit down and create um, like, a, a, um, I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna be like some type of like mini fun in, like course where like I go through the motions of like what I do and it's gonna be educational and fun and like interesting. So I need to create that. Awesome, that. I yeah. can't wait. Okay, reach out to Miriam, she's amazing. I used her personally and I love her and she has so much positive energy and- She looks amazing. So your podcast but like I need to turn this around and say like she you are so smart and I'm so grateful for the time that we were supposed to have the podcast but like it ended up being a therapy session it was life-changing so well thank you thank you so much <laughs> for those of you who are listening who are therapists I'm not a trained therapist I just have to say that <laughs> okay okay bye Miriam thank you so much naturally okay bye bye Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.